Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ABCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects Podcast. We are here with Warren DeJoy. Again. Hi. Christopher Goosen. Yes, I'm here. And the indomitable Anna Chu. Hello. We are coming to you live from Ignite. By the time you hear this, it will not be live anymore. However, it'll be published the week of Ignite still, if we manage to do everything right. And we'll have something interesting to announce. So we hope that you stay tuned for the show. So Anna, you are the tech community lead for Ignite. Yes. That sounds like an unimaginably large task. Well, not only that, I'm actually the whole community lead for Microsoft Ignite. So what does that mean? So bear in mind that we've got a reasonable technical audience and not everybody knows what community is and why they should engage. Mm -hmm. Do you mind expanding what tech community actually is at Microsoft? Yeah, so the Microsoft tech community is an online community platform where people can ask questions about products or topics relating to the products that they care about. Um, and it's a way for you to connect directly to your community or the product uh, team members at Microsoft who represent those products. Um, ultimately, we want to help people have conversations that help them use our technology better, help them understand how it can be used, how it all works, what they can turn on, off, all that type of stuff. Um, but you know, other topics that they care about too. So diversity in tech is a really important topic right now. I had just stepped out of a luncheon, ran over here to get to this podcast for that. Um, and you know, it's at the end of the day, um, it's a really great place for people to connect on a global scale too. Because you know, you guys are based in South Africa, and even though you guys do travel a lot as part of your community work, but a lot of people don't have that luxury. So how do they find out what's going on or if anyone else has a similar challenge in driving user adoption in the workplace or um, trying to understand how Kubernetes makes sense for them, or what, how, what, that, what it even is, um, what learning platforms are available to them. So um, we think that community is really vital to the professional success of IT professionals and, uh, and developers. So we've really invested in that. So what's interesting about your role is that I think you have a fairly globally unique role inside of Microsoft as well as within the tech community as a whole. Yep. We don't see other OEMs doing this level of investment within the community in general. Mm. We know with the open source investment that Microsoft has that effectively anything that's available in tech community is available to anyone on any platform and that's a really big deal. Mm, yes. But how did you become you inside of Microsoft? <laughs> and what kind of skills have you got that allowed you to get to this position? Oh, that's so funny. Uh, so I'm a 10-year veteran at Microsoft. Wow. Can you believe it? That's awesome. <laughs> what did you start with? <laughs> I started as an intern uh, back in Australia. I started, uh, I st went straight out of university, did an internship and uh, was in marketing. And I am a marketer through and through. I've done a marketing degree graduated with honors in marketing, 
went straight to Microsoft. And I did not want to join Microsoft for the longest time. Um, I was trying to get into more of the like fast moving consumer good industry, brand management, that type of thing. And uh, this was, you know, 2007. And so we were not doing so well as an economy. I mean, we did fine. Like it was a global financial crisis, just that small thing going on. Yeah. And, you know, when you're trying to like just make it as uh, someone without like deep industry experience, I took whatever I could. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I and that's fair enough. But, you know, I was really impressed. Um, I went through the interview and uh, met some amazingly smart people. I was not expecting that. I was expecting just a lot of geeks, which is okay, but I have a different love for geeks now than I did back then. Um, and uh, I was just super impressed. And so I did my internship, then got a graduate role at Microsoft, which meant that I was just a full-timer, and then um, did you know, continued doing Dynamics product marketing and then moved into partner marketing and then moved into SMB marketing, enterprise marketing, all marketing through and through. And then I landed in um, uh, Microsoft corporate five years later. And I did a job there that was about managing global marketing campaigns. And then I certainly thought that, you know, being in the product group is a lot better position than being in the sort of classic marketing side and so then I entered into the office department and IT Pro was where I landed and uh, they gave me the role of you know figuring out community so I was like all right I'll figure that out and then the first task was launching the Microsoft Tech community which we launched in Ignite 2016 in Atlanta but did I meet you in Atlanta I can't even remember anymore no I probably met I met you in Joburg I want to say yes <laughs> it's yes, all a blur, also, right? It is a blur because it, it, we, some yeah. point we do a lot of these. No, it was. It was, yeah. was Joburg uh, for Tech Summit and then afterwards you were Cape at Town. MVP Summit afterwards. Cape Town. You and I shared a stand in Cape Town. Yes. And then... It was the MVP booth. Yes. Yes, Yes, it was right. the community Ask booth the in Cape Town. Yeah. 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 So it's been... like So between me getting the job in 2018 to now... No. It's 2018 now. It's 2016 till now. Like, I've been on the road meeting community members, getting to know that my MVPs, understanding, you know, how I can help in, you know, helping you be more successful, getting you uh, more in front of our product uh, engineers. And so that's that for me, my role in a nutshell is all about helping you guys. It's all about making you more successful, not necessarily MVPs, but just the IT pro role. Because you guys are having to... Well, I should say guys and girls. I s use that term interchangeably, but you know, yeah, so I know I need to be conscious of that. Um, but I think it's really important that, you know, the whole point is to help you guys be more successful in your careers. And, uh, and whether it's through community or through product team members uh, and interactions like that, then yeah. And it's, I mean, I think it's fair to say that the community has grown significantly since it was launched, right? And, yeah. and we've seen this, this I, I guess, a shift in the way community works to a certain extent because we all we all have blogs and we we blog and we have. Yep. I mean, my blog I think this year turns ten, wow. which is a pretty big milestone. That is right. Um, I was thinking about it just as I was flying over here the other day. Um, and in the past, if you wanted help as an IT pro, you would scour the internet for people who had blogs and you would yep. try and find that information yep. off a blog. Mm. And there were, th you know, we had the technic community, the technic forums, mm -hmm. but but really you had a limited source. And it and depending on what product you were looking for information on, 
that was where you would have to go to some, somewhere different. Now everything is in one place. Yeah. Yes. Right? And more and more of these roads are all starting to lead to the, the tech community. Yeah. Which, which is amazing. It's, it's been, a, a, I think, a, an incredible kind of transformation of how community works. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. That, and that is the vision of the Microsoft tech community is that we want it to be the one Microsoft platform for all things community. Now, there are still places that you need to go for technical support, and we don't want to be in that business. We want to be in a business where we're uh, supporting a community that shares best practices, helps each other, can help you get connected to the product team. Um, but we want to do more. So one thing that we kind of, I don't know if we made a big splash about it, but we are trying to make more of an effort about it is to support the events that you do. So you guys put your own money, resources behind running user groups, meetups, and we want to at least give you a platform so that you can promote these events. And these are not just you know in-person events, these are virtual events, even your podcast too. I have a lot of ideas about how to help the community, you know, deliver more content and help you get, you know, the guest speakers that you want yeah. to be part of your podcasts and things like that. So Community, you know, you can start with an online, you know, aspect, but at the end of the day, it's about people. That's right. You can't have a community without people, and it's all about facilitating what you are passionate about doing. And I think it's becoming more and more important because the rapid change in technology, I think, is is it's kind of enabling that as well. Yeah. People, people are more likely to need to reach out to someone else uh, for something. And we were talking to the documentation team the other day about how they try and keep up with the documentation asks that, mm. you know, for all the products and for everything that's coming on. And I think the community growth is also probably spurred on by the fact that there's such rapid innovation. You need an answer really quickly on something. Um, you know, where do you go? Well, it's great to have this one place yeah. to go to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In this new paradigm of community, mm -hmm. do you find that there are less people lurking, which we normally find on forums. Mm. The ratio of lurkers to contributors is normally well known. Yeah. And in this iteration of community or um, technical sharing, do you find that people engage more and lurk less? Ooh, that's a really, that's a multi-layered question. Go on then. Always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's dependent on what you think a lurker is. And a non-contributor. Yes. So someone who just goes in and just doesn't Consumes. say anything. Yeah. So. Which is fine because not everyone wants to have a voice. Yes. And I don't mind lurkers. Let's put that out there. I'm 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 all for lurkers. If you want to lurk, great. Because the previous platform that we were on didn't even allow for lurking. You had to log in. You had to give up your contact information in order to participate. And by and the way when we relaunched the tech community, we basically said we're open to lurkers. We're going to let you peek behind the window so you can see what goodness is in there so that we can compel you to actually take action. If it's just a closed door, it's like when you go to a nightclub, right? And they hold the line. You can't see what action is going on there. You're like, what, do I really have to pay the 20 buck cover charge in order to get in? Like, come on. I can't really tell whether it's worth it. But we're saying, look, we're going to give you some full transparency and help you see, hey, like, actually, this is valuable for me. I'm, I should be bookmarking this, I should continue coming back to this space in order to learn from the community, to learn directly from the Microsoft product teams, to get some level of benefit in some shape or form and and then be a part of it. So we're always trying to compel people to do that. So a couple of different things that we do, and this is one of the big things as part of this uh, 2018 Ignite event, is that all of the content um, on uh, that is, you know, being produced here is being live streamed. B 
being live streamed, recorded, posted online so people can consume it afterwards. But in order to actually get that content, you need to be logged in. So we're always giving you little incentives. Say, hey, like, come on in. Like, the water's fine. It's really fun, and there are well, people if here. If my mom and my sister can watch my session, I guess anybody can. Yeah. <laughs> did they live stream <laughs> they your session? They did. They live streamed it from Joburg last night at ten o'clock. Oh my god, yeah, that's so they cute. Did. It was awesome. I got WhatsApps afterwards saying, "Well done." That's really Fantastic. awesome. What is your favorite part of Ignite? And when it's over, is there going to be a big hole in your life? <laughs> no, there is definitely not a big hole. Well. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my favorite part of Ignite is seeing people like you guys. Like, actually, after so many tweets, after so many uh, calls and IMs, then we actually get to meet in person and just hang out. And I get to check in on you and say, hey, how's your year been? It's been a while. You know, yeah. you having a good time? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, that's my favorite part, really. Um, but the, a lot of running around in the background happens in order to get to this spot because even in this podcast studio right here, this took many man hours to decide that this is what we were going to do. For sure. You know? And this is awesome, by the way. I, I, I don't remember that the setup was like this last year. It wasn't. Because it we, wasn't. Were, we were literally like finding quiet spots in the corners to, to record episodes. Mm. Um, and there was, there was one instance, Nick and I were recording an episode and then uh, about 10 minutes in, uh, some guys started playing cornhole, and I don't know if you if you don't live in the uni United States, you probably don't know what that is. But it's a you throw a beanbag into a wooden uh, box, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so <laughs> you can <laughs> imagine <laughs> the noise that picked up on the mics when we, we, we were talking, and then all of a sudden you get, <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the episode was ruined. We couldn't we couldn't <laughs> use it at that point. <laughs> this has been fantastic because mm. you know there's somewhere to come, and and you're still engaging with the other parts of the community, with the community central right yep. over there, and the learn piece here. So. Um, Fantastic. Whose yeah. idea was it for the community socials? Those have been incredible. Well, it's an evolution from what we did last year. Okay. So we had these takeover days. So I, my thinking was, well, I need a space to actually get the community to find each other. So I have a designated space. And then I thought, well, how do I get people to come here? If there's no event, if there's no, no incentive, then they're not going to come. So yeah. then we decided on this idea of takeover days. And we thought, okay, well, let's do them on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And we'll have one for Azure, one for Office, <laughs> and one for Windows, etc. cetera. And uh, then we, they worked so well that I had more demand than would fill three, four days. So we had to split them into community socials. So mm. um, what's been really awesome is that we've been tightly partnering with Jeremy Chapman from the Mechanics Studio. And basically, as soon as a speaker walks off the stage, they get swamped with a lot of Q&A. And the Mechanics team are like, hey, can you like do us a favor and Move help it. us get them off the stage so that we can set up for our next session? It's like, yeah, if we can get your speakers off and actually get them to, like, to just connect with the community, mm. answer questions, record some sessions with the community reporters, have some fun snacks and stuff, then we're gold. We're solid. So that was the that was the plan for that. Yeah. Yeah, it worked incredibly well. Mm. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And having you guys staff the areas and help answer questions so that it actually can get to know who you are. Yeah. And, you know. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it all worked out. I want to come back to you for a second. Mm. So you've got marketing skills. Yes. However, in your role, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you do. Because to be fair, marketing can be... Um, sitting behind a PC all day, I'm generating content, mm. I'm driving virtual campaigns. Yeah. You have got personal skills, you speak, you've, or you have speaking skills as well. You've got uh, interpersonal skills in order to do what you do. Mm. There's a bunch of negotiation skills as yeah, well. How do you on. deal with us prima donna MPs? <laughs> <laughs> so can you unpack the bag a little bit more? Because ultimately, there are people in the world 
who look at our guests and say, I want to be able to do that role. Mm. And we've had uh, reporters and architects and all kinds of people on the show. And people look at them as, I want to be like them mm. or I want to be able to do what they do. Mm. So you've said that you've got a marketing background, yep. but there's way more skills in there than just marketing. <laughs> yeah, I... I would step back from the skills piece and think about what you're passionate about. Okay. So from I knew from the age of 15 that I wanted to do marketing. Um, I, I knew that it would, could take me to advertising or product management or business development. And I thought, you know what? The, like I, I, I had a very high level of self-awareness, I think, from a young age. And so that made me think, okay, so I know that I care about communication. So marketing seems like the best direction for me and then as I you know um, d you know further developed my university degree etc then um, I realized what I cared about was the audience the audience and like actually focusing on their needs what they care about and how to make them you know not necessarily better human beings but just being like just be happier people and so um, as I've transitioned through my career at Microsoft, I've definitely seen a, a juncture between uh, being focused on marketing a product versus marketing to an audience. So I've marketed towards SMBs, to business decision makers, to IT pros. And usually when I take that bent, I have to be an, uh, a master, well, sort of, I have to be kind of vanilla across multiple products because I have to sell to that particular audience. But Microsoft, as a company, we're very product driven. And this might be a little bit on TMI side, but you know, I feel like the most of the investment from a marketing point of view is at the product level. And so I really struggled as an SMB marketer to really get the, to do innovative marketing at that level. So I thought I'd switch. And I really felt like right now, the job I'm in is the best job I've ever had yeah. because I get to, actually be in front of my audience. I get to interact with them and, and have them as friends um, and really understand what makes them tick and then figure out, okay, what, what do they like? When they come to events like this, what do they, what, where do they want to spend most of their time? Is it creating content? Yes. Is it going to sessions? Absolutely. Is it opportunity to actually speak? Yes. So once I've started learning more about these people, then I can actually package something together that's going to make them happy. So in terms of, you know, if people look at my job description, look at my profile on LinkedIn, go, hey, how could I do this? I would say, just find what you're passionate about and try and find some sort of way to either build a community or find a company that really cares about that particular audience and just you know, find someone in there who can say, hey, I think you have something amazing to offer. When I spoke to my boss, he was like, you know what, I'm leading an IT pro marketing team and they're full of IT pros. I actually need a marketer to balance this out. Um, and so, you know, I, I had a chat to him and we got along and then now I'm here three years later. Sounds like uh, some of the overlap between Anna and Patience Wooten, where Patience is the... Uh, effectively, the, the Office 365 technology owner for a, a conglomerate, mm -hmm. um, a global marketing firm, and effectively what they do as a technical team, and they're a, they're a young team, and last year she gave us an, an interview which was a little bit staggering because she said, as a millennial, mm. if Microsoft stops the rate of change within Teams, mm. Teams becomes uninteresting to us, so we want huh. the rapid cadence. Huh. And that was, yeah, that was our reaction as well. 
And so what we're finding that uh, the, some of the revelation that she had was that there is a lot of technical marketing and community mm. in terms of we as a team review the roadmap that Microsoft publishes and each technology owner then evangelizes the features that they want to uh, drive into the company and if it doesn't work, then we evangelize against it. If, mm. if we think there's benefit, then we'll create an adoption campaign around it. So we're finding that marketing in terms of our modern infrastructure or ecosystem, uh, which is cloud-driven, is there's so much change that you actually want to market the changes inbound to your own company as an IT pro. Mm, yes. And so you need to know how to do that yeah. in an effective manner as opposed to, hey, boss, yeah. here's a cool feature. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Internal communications is definitely key. If I've learned one thing at Microsoft is that you can't just do your job. You have to tell other people how great you are at doing your job. Otherwise... Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's interesting, though, that is, is one of the things that I, we've found on our projects over the last you know, 12 to 18 months is that uh, we've started including entire teams of, of um, OCM and adoption people in, in what we do, mm. and they're helping champion... Uh, you know the product and the features that we're rolling out to the customer or to the end user mm. uh, through the customer. So yeah, uh, ag again, like you said, it, it kind of helps drive that interest and and it it gets people on board really really quickly. Yeah, um, for sure. So so that's been fantastic. Yeah, actually, one speaking of teams, I went. I had very uh, small chances to actually go to sessions this week, and I did go to one meetup that was focused on teams, and I stepped in for half of it and they started talking about governance in teams and there was uh, and it was Robert Bogue and Gorana can't pronounce her surname my apologies um, she they both led it and they were talking about you know whether you'd want to make it team anarchy or team Fort Knox in terms of how you manage the governance of teams and I thought that was a really great way to you know meetups is something that I've always wanted to do I really wanted them to be successful this year and so you know it was the first time I actually get, got to go to one and saw, hey, like people are feeling so willing to share their perspectives. Um, I don't know how they set up the, the meetup because I, I entered in late, but I, I don't know whether they even had a chance to introduce themselves to each other, but they felt so comfortable in saying, hey, like I have no idea how to do this. This is complete chaos right now. How And, and someone else says, well, actually, we've, we're doing it fine and this is our approach to it. And they were doing that live best practice sharing right there and there in the room. So... Yeah, that was really, really awesome to see. So, and that's one of the things I think that we've 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 tried to carry with this show in particular mm. is w what we don't want to do is I mean we all like to talk, right? But what we don't want to do is get together and just talk about what's new uh, or what's exciting to us. Is we're trying very much to make people like yourself, who's interesting, has an interesting story, and is doing cool stuff, mm. accessible to to everyone. Yeah, like, someone may not be at ignite. Or they may not be, they may not even know who you are. But if they listen to the episode, at least you know now they get to know who this person is, who was behind all of the cool stuff that's going on. Mm. And similarly with the stories of other organisations who are doing cool stuff. Yeah. Right? So I know, um, you know, uh, Nick mentioned uh, Patience and her organisation, the stuff that they're doing, and they've literally turned adoption on its head um, in in such an awesome way. And so for us to be able to put that out there to people who are potentially going through that same journey mm. in their company and their organisation. It gives them a little bit of, uh, I guess, camaraderie or community um, in that from that aspect or from that perspective. So yeah. that's one of the things we've been trying to do. So you mentioned that you would give us the privilege of announcing something. <laughs> Spill the beans. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned that we met in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, was that a year ago? 
that was a year ago. February. That was February. Yeah. Um, so we are going on the road again after Ignite, and we um, I'm happy to announce that we're calling it Microsoft Ignite the Tour, and we're taking the best of Ignite content, and we're taking it to 17 cities around the world. Wow. We're starting in Berlin in December, and we're finishing in Mumbai in May. Wow. Yep. That's and awesome. we're stopping in Johannesburg. Let me get the dates right. Also February, I think. Uh, I said January. January, January 28th, 29th. Wow. Um, and someone has the privilege of trying to get from Johannesburg to Milan in two days. Oh, is that me? That. You no want to do that? Do it, yeah. 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 No All problem. right. Okay. Hook you okay. up. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be. You don't ask. You don't get. Right. <laughs> well, I also, it's it's fraught with danger because those connections can be pretty yes, dire. Tight. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, it will be very exciting. We're still planning for it, um, but we're launching the website on Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time here, and uh, you guys will be able to register for this free two-day technical deep dive event. Um, where we've got lots of sessions planned, a lot of it led by the community, which include um, theatre sessions that are 20 minutes. They include 60-minute breakouts that are sort of like standard Microsoft presentations that you would normally see here at Microsoft Ignite. But we're also looking for uh, original content from our MVPs and RDs. So Fantastic. 60 minutes of your content that will be... It's the, the general theme is like real talk. You give us the real-world scenarios. Tell us how this technology works in different environments, different user scenarios, the challenges that you face, how you can give them advice so they don't have to, you know, um, you know, go through the same pain that you've been with your leadership or your users, etc. So, yeah, that's the general idea. Um, we do have plans for um, workshops and uh, in-depth learning, and we're still trying to figure that out right now. Um, but there will still be a great community element on the show floor. So we have some demo stations planned where we want to see our community members demo content, um, showcase their user groups, their local user groups and meetups. Um, yeah, so a lot of a lot of great things planned there, um, and I'm really excited to see you guys. Yeah, yeah. Excited to see and, you. And, and as MVPs, those are the types of sessions we love to deliver, yeah. right? Those mm. real world scenario type sessions where we're talking about, you know. This is what we found. This is how it affected us. And, you know, try to learn from our uh, horror stories and don't do it yourself, right? Yeah. So Someone <laughs> described it as, like, Microsoft sessions are, like, the theory, and then the community sessions are actually how it's done in real life. Yes. Right? Yeah. Best practices, real-world practices. I find that out with uh, being on the exchange stand this week. Yeah. Where the, the product group would listen to me talk about the network guidance that's out there. And for me, it was like... You make promises that I keep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we do where Microsoft as a, a vendor on OEM has uh, this guidance that we hold on to and we figure out how to make it work in the real world. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's the value you guys bring. Uh, I, I keep advocating internally for community content at events like Ignite and events like Ignite the Tour. And... I, it used to be a really hard slog for the first one and a half years because they're like, well, I don't really get it. Like, d I can't control the content. I And as marketers especially, like, I can't control the message. Like, <laughs> I don't feel comfortable about yes. this. But in the IT pro world, you have to be uncomfortable as a marketer. You have to 
throw caution to the wind and trust that this community is going to do the best job for you. But at the same time, it's a it's it's not necessarily a double-edged sword. It's if we have good products and they work well, and of course, like they our community is going to be are going to be great advocates for the product. But if it's not working, they'll be the first to tell you That's that right. it's not working. Exactly. So that two-way relationship is what the why the MVP and RD community are super valuable to us. Yeah, because we don't actually work for Microsoft. Nope. So the anything that we promote from a Microsoft point of view is something that we believe in. Yep. Something that we actually use. Mm -hmm. And and passionately believe in or, or not. Exactly. 100%. So before we let you go, mm -hmm. what is it that you would like to plug? Well, Ignite the Tour. Microsoft Ignite the Tour. And I don't how do people find it? Well, follow me on Twitter because I actually don't know what the registration link is yet. <laughs> and how do people find you on Twitter? They can find me on at underscore A-C-H-U, a -C -H -U, underscore A-C-H-U. Repeat that again. Um, and I only started my Twitter journey a couple of years ago, so I'm really stepping it up. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah you have enough <laughs> followers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, people want information about Ignite, That's like right. hotel shuttle schedules and, yeah. you know, that you can pick up your pass at the hey, airport. I think I saw last week that you had pre-written out of office responses I for did. people. That was awesome. That was very, very cool. There was a bunch of them too, right? So <laughs> how do you want to approach this? Take this word or this word? Or the it was That was very cool. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really important that pe some people, I think they fail because they do, they work and do Ignite at the same time and you yes. can't. Ignite is a full on week. Yeah, I yeah. found that out this week. <laughs> yeah. struggling. Because you're a first timer. Yep. I'm yeah. struggling. And then I also found out that as much as I want, uh, and I think this is the reason that they're recording all the sessions, mm. is because you just there's so much content that you just can't get to it um, at all. Guilty, me too. And yeah. it's yes. better this year because we don't have to go over to the other building as That's well. That's right. Yes. Because I just remember. I don't know we, how we, you guys did that. We, we <laughs> dubbed it the, the gauntlet of sweat yes. last year with that escalator, <laughs> that travelator that went between the two. That was often oh, we yeah. would clock a mile between yeah. sessions. Oh, an actual geez, mile. I don't know how you guys did it. Yeah. I mean, my feet started hurting after the first two yeah. days. Mm -hmm. So I am updating my uh, comfortable shoes tip. It's not <laughs> just comfortable <laughs> shoes. You need a rotation of comfortable shoes. Yes. Yes. So I've you got these like three. sandals that are sort yeah. of open toe and they're super comfortable. Oh, and they're also made out of yoga mats, by the way. They're oh, it's, like, it's like you're walking on yoga mats all the time. It's so great. Do you and think I'd look funny if I wore them? No, they actually have ma male. Uh, <laughs> they have male styles too, so they're really awesome. Awesome. Um, and uh, I have sneakers, and I also have. What else did I have? Oh, I had two pairs of sneakers. Did I was wearing. Did you get a team's pair of Connies as well? Look, I'm not a big fan of Converse. Look, they're I'm not sorry. exactly the most comfortable shoe no. on the planet. No, they look cool. <laughs> But no, not for the purposes of Ignite <laughs> and the, you know, however many miles you need to clock in one day. Yes. So I think what we need to potentially do is let's see if we can, um, prior to next year, maybe we need to set up a, a, you know, a show or an episode of like things to do to get ready for Ignite. Yep. Yeah. You know, Anna's top 10 tips for Ignite or mm -hmm. something like that. Yes. Yeah. As an that episode for the right to next year. Yes. Let's do a pre-con one. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Stunning. Well, Anna Chu, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Loved having you. Thank you so much. Have me back again anytime. Definitely. All right. Thank Easy. you, guys. Cool. Safe travels. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arch.